You're listening to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I'm Jim Simcoe, and I'm here to help you make your life epic. So let's get rolling. Hey, everybody. It's Jim. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. So today is going to be a rambling topic of which I'm barely looking at any notes on this. Uh, My big focus right now is making sure that the microphone doesn't rub against my sweatshirt, which it invariably does while I'm recording. So try not to do that. Um, I really want to talk a little bit about, you know, the name of this podcast is the Epic Living Podcast. So we want to talk about what actually creates and what are the key components of an epic life. Um, I've been working on a book, as some of you may know, and I've also been working on a training program for people about how to create an epic life. And really, after probably about 100 drafts and outlines and writings and whatever, I've I've written about 55,000 words and I've distilled it down into five core components. Vision, confidence, balance, relationships, and legacy. So those are the five key parts for me that I believe create an epic life. And I'm pretty excited to put it down in a book form, but I do want to talk about each one uh, very briefly right now so that uh, I kind of give you an insight into where I'm going with this. And I'd love to get your feedback to see if there's anything I'm missing or if there are things that you really like uh, or things that you really don't like. And, and really, you know, in doing a podcast for the three people who are listening to this right now, the feedback is great. Like while I would love to get um, reviews and that sort of thing on iTunes, which is fantastic, which would be great if you could leave one, if you don't mind. Um, I really love the feedback. I recently wrote a post on the blog. So the blog is jimsimco.com. I wrote a post about swearing. And it was really funny because um, I'm a big proponent of swearing. And I swear like a drunken sailor when I'm in my office because I can't really swear around uh, about my around my kids at home because I've got small kids. So I wrote this post about swearing and I sent it out to the newsletter list. And, uh, one of the very first comments I got back was from somebody who was like, this is preposterous. This is so out of line, crass. This is not cool, blah, blah, blah. I'm unsubscribing from your list. And I was like, holy shit, like, that's not good. Like, uh, you know, did I overstep my boundaries here? So I'm taking a drink of water. You know, did I overstep my boundaries here? And so I started tripping out about it a little bit. And then I started getting feedback from other people. And who were like, you know, I effing loved it. This was effing wonderful, fantastic. I probably got more feedback about this one post about swearing than I have on any other post that I've ever done. And um, and at the end of the day, the feedback for me is really important because I re- I do want to provide value in people's lives and in your life. So let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. Let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Let me know what you want me to stop talking about. Um, and if you are interested in, you know, getting a little laugh, go to the website and check out the post on swearing. It's called My Favorite Swear Words. And you'll learn the difference between saying, I love this sandwich versus I effing love this sandwich. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'll give you my favorite swear words. So anyway, anyway, enough about that. So an epic life. So an epic life to me is one where you live and you are free you have emancipated yourself from mental slavery. You're doing what you want. Um, you've got enough money. Your health is great. You know, you've got great friends and family around you and your legacy is strong. You're building a great legacy in the world. A big piece of this, you know, of doing, being an ep- living an epic life is really comes down to these five things. 
like I said, vision, confidence, balance, relationships, and legacy. So let's look at each one really briefly. So in terms of vision, you know, being able to follow your path and have a life vision allows you to live your life on your terms. It also allows you to take control of your life. And quite frankly, a life without a vision is really, really stressful. So like if you don't know where you're going or you're stuck in a dead end job or, you know, you're in a job, you know, God forbid you're in a job where you make a ton of money and you're afraid to leave and and you're not clear on what your life vision is, that's really stressful because every day you wake up and you say, Jesus, what am I doing? Like, what do I, like, what am I doing today? Like, what am I, am I moving towards what my end all be all, all of my life is? Or am I not? And if you don't have a vision, again, it's stressful. You can get really complacent. You'll have lots of, uh, you know, probably have lots of regret. And, and, and at the end of the day, you'll end up being just kind of an ordinary person, which none of us really wants to be just an ordinary person, right? Don't we all want to be extraordinary? Um, so those are the risks of not having a vision. The, some of the benefits of having an actual vision is to, you know, you'll have freedom, you'll be content, you'll be at peace, you'll start building your legacy. And more importantly, you know, probably most importantly is you'll be happy, okay? You'll be happy. And I can tell you from my own personal example, like a life, you know, my life vision, when I was in the corporate world, and I've talked about this before, I was basically, you know, a corporate sales guy. I made a ton of money, did really well. Everybody loved myself and my team. And, but I was super I was super unhappy. Um, I just wasn't following my vision. I wasn't following what I really wanted to do. And what I really wanted to do is help people, entertain people, and inspire people, which is, you know, luckily I'm able to do now for the two people of you who, you know, the three people who are on <laughs> listening to the podcast right now. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm inspiring you at some level or at least entertaining you. And that's the thing is like when you go from a life where you don't have a vision to a life where you do have a vision, everything else becomes easier. So it's really key. You got to have a vision. And so a lot of times people will say, um, you know, what I think is, is, uh, is interesting is people call, talk about visions and they'll talk about their goals in their life and their bucket list, right? So everyone in the world has heard of this term, the bucket list. And quite frankly, I'm not a huge fan of the term bucket list because I think that it's a, um, it's more, that becomes more of like, Hey, check out, check out me, check out the things I've done. It's more of an ego thing thing. I think we're really where you should focus is, is on who you are as a person. How do you feel as a person? What level of personal growth have you gone through as a person? So it's not about how much money you make or like whether you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and you were able to put it on a list somewhere. Um, it's not necessarily about your personal accomplishments that were outside of your vision. Like, you know, you made a hundred thousand dollars in three months or whatever it is. It's more about who you are as a person. And so that's the question I would challenge you to ask yourself is like, who am I? Who am I becoming? How do I feel about my life? And how do I feel about what I'm becoming? The bucket list, you know, you climb Mount Kilimanjaro because you want to do it. And you think of it as like this challenge, but it doesn't, it shouldn't be something you're just doing just to check off a list. Again, just my opinion. Another big piece of a vision is really developing a belief system. So what is your belief system? What do you think is, you know, what do you think is important? What do you believe in? You know, what are the top five things that are crucial in your life that, that you just ultimately believe in? Do you believe in you know, happiness over money? Do you believe in family over uh, success? You know, what is it? What are your belief systems? You have belief systems about how you treat people. 
And then when you develop a belief system, that rolls right into developing your value systems. And that's the way, those are your commitments to life. So, and it's really important to knowing and living your values because it really sets up sort of the minimum levels of expectations in your life. What are you willing to, what are you willing to accept? What are you not willing to accept? Um, you know, what do you value the most? So I can tell you from my own personal example, um, and I've probably talked about this before, but in 1998, I was uh, a guy who ate meat three times a day and, and you know, couldn't go a meal without bacon. And this is before bacon was hip and cool. And I saw a movie about factory farming. And that day I gave, I threw away all my leather goods and stopped eating red meat and chicken and turkey and, you know, meat of any kind. And to this day, I haven't had anything unless it's been on accident. Um, and, you know, so that's 16, 17 years or whatever it is. And, and the thing about it is, is what happened was, is my value system changed that day. Because at that point, I valued, um, I no longer valued the taste and flavor of meat more than I valued um, animal protection and animal rights. Now, you know, again, that could be a political issue. We could talk about that another day. I'm not going to get into it because, I, you know, quite frankly, this is what I value. We're not talking about what you value. So if you eat meat three times a day, I don't care. Like, good luck. You know, that's, you know, that's totally on you. It's, that's, that's totally fine with me. Um, I don't want, I would never judge anyone else in the same sense that I don't want anyone, anyone to judge me. So, but it is interesting to see how my values change literally in the span of about an hour and a half long movie and how they haven't gone back and they've still stuck firm 17 years later. So developing your values is really key to your vision because without your values and your beliefs um, and knowing where you want to go in life, um, life is really stressful. It's really stressful. Imagine getting in a car and saying, I'm going to drive for 3,000 miles, but you don't have an end place that you want to get to in mind. You know, Obviously, you would never do that. So vision is key. The second one that I think is really, really key is confidence. Okay, so confidence is a big thing for me. I love the topic of confidence. I've talked about it before. You probably have seen it before if you've looked at the blog. But so I believe confidence is the biggest driver in life. Confidence is the fuel for every single thing you do. Confidence builds your self-esteem. It allows you to handle fear. It helps you create a winning mindset. It is really the fuel for the engine gets everything going. So I think that's the key, you know, the second key part of having an epic life is really making sure you're confident and being able to unleash your own power through confidence building and through, you know, kind of knowing how to develop your own confidence. And I think that that's so key because, you know, you're the captain of your life, right? So you're the one driving the ship. You're the one who's in charge and you need to be confident you know, to really do great things in your life. And you need to be able to do things like you need to be able to say, fuck it more. And you need to be able to say like, hey, just go out and take a risk and take a chance. And you need to be able to ignore the noise. Okay, ignore all the noise of all the people who tell you that, you know, you can't do it. God, if I listened to everyone in the world who told me I couldn't do something, you know, I'd still be living in Boston, probably working at McDonald's um, or in a 7-Eleven or something and not, not really being happy with my life. Nothing that, not, not that there's anything wrong with McDonald's or 7-Eleven. I'm just saying it's not something I wanted to do long-term. So your confidence drives all that. And a big part of that is, is increasing your self-esteem. So one of the things that I see with people when, when it comes to self-esteem, oh, there's a train going by. Can you guys hear the train going by? There goes the train. 
Okay. The big thing I see with being able to increase self-esteem is all of us have probably faced some level of trauma in our lives, one way or the other. Um, and if you haven't, great. I'm so happy for you if you've not ever had to face any kind of trauma. For me, mine was being sexually abused by my uncle um, when I was younger, not my uncle Patrick, who's awesome, but a different uncle. Um, and in, 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 when you have when you face trauma, it really is a hit on your self-esteem. And, and so many of us, whether you face trauma or you don't face trauma, um, it, the big thing is that it's a hit on your self-esteem and we're always catching ourselves you know, if you're like a typical human being, you're always typically catching yourself on the things that you're doing wrong, not necessarily the things that you're doing right. So really what we're trying to do here to increase self-esteem, one of the biggest ways you can do it is accept and accelerate your self-acceptance. So how do you do that? So if you think of like, if you think about a typical person's life, right? So in high school, everybody's trying to fit in. Everyone wants to fit in. Nobody wants to be different. We're just trying to fit in. You get to college, and now everybody wants to be different, but cool, right? Then you're in your 20s, and you're starting to build your career, and you are so focused and so busy on building your career and your friendships and your relationships that you're really not thinking that much uh, about um, your long-term plan of your life. You get into your 30s, you start playing the, sorry, that was my phone ringing, you start playing the keeping up with the Joneses, right? Where you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and, you know, do I make as much as they do? Do I have a nice house as they do? Da, 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 da. You get to your 40s, you start looking back on some parts of your life and you're still building your career and it's all about managing stress and time and money. And then you get to your 50s and in 60s and you start getting a level and start looking back on your life. And, and that's maybe where some people have some regrets. And then as you get towards the latter stages of that, you start accepting who you are and you start accepting the faults that you have and, and the imperfections and the things that make you beautiful and the things that make you, um, uh, you know, stress you out. And really what it comes down to is like at that point in your life, most of the time, most people get to a point where they're sort of like, fuck it. Like I am who I am and I'm okay with it. Right. But the problem I have is that it takes us forever to get to that point. A lot of times it doesn't take us till we're 50 or 60 and, and we lose out on the value and the enjoyment of just accepting who we are. So one of the things that we talk about, and I'm going to talk about this in the program I'm putting out, is how to increase your self-esteem by accelerating your self-acceptance and really get to a point where you know when you're in your 20s, you're comfortable with who you are and happy with who you are and you embrace you know, your awesomeness and what you're good at and you love your weaknesses and you're like, Hey man, I'm horrible at this, but that's okay. You know, and this is something that's really difficult for me, really, really, really difficult for me. And one of the reasons I put it in the program, one of the reasons I, I'm, uh, I'm spending some time writing about it and talking about it is really is to help myself. It's selfish. I want to help you know, myself in the sense that, you know, how do I improve my own self-esteem? Cause I mean, I'm not perfect either. I mean, I want to, uh, I would love my self-esteem to get, you know, even higher than it is. So again, that's a big component of confidence. I think another big component of confidence is being able to handle fear and basically being able to say, fuck fear. Like I'm just not going to fear it anymore. Um, and not fearing failure or looking stupid and being okay with being the underdog. And how do you manage fear? Like what are the stress, you know, what are the stresses of fear? How do you eat 
in the in in a certain ways to manage fear how do you meditate how do you get rid of fear when it comes up and what are the processes for that and i've talked about that before but there are a lot of processes that i use when fear comes up and i think that's a big piece of uh, of being confident is being able to say fuck fear and then the last part and the confidence piece is really how do you create a winning mindset and i think a winning mindset comes from being able to hustle and being able to work harder and work smarter than everyone else um I think it also comes down to focusing on your strengths. So what are you good at? Focusing on the things that you're good at, making sure you're doing those things as much as possible and realizing that, you know, we're shooting for success and not perfection. So what are the things that uh, you can do to be successful and not necessarily worry about being perfect? I think way too many people worry about being perfect instead of just shooting for success. And then also part of a winning mindset is how do you create mental toughness in yourself like how do you grind how do you get through the tough parts and i'm reading this great book called the obstacles the way by ryan holiday who uh who also wrote um, trust me i'm lying and uh just a great book and it's a very very stoic philosophy based and it's just fantastic it's called the obstacles the way recommended highly and they talk about mental toughness in there like really how do you build mental toughness and for each person it's different like how i build it Versus how you build it would be different. For me personally, I like to take what I would consider a very difficult challenge and try and achieve it. So whether that's running a marathon after having a couple knee surgeries and back surgery or having to raise two million bucks for a mixed use green development project in Oceanside, which I'm in the middle of doing right now. Like I, I like to take a big challenge and see what I can do to achieve it. So that's a big part of confidence is, is how do you create the winning mindset? So after vision and after confidence, we roll right into life balance and balance in your life. And, and balance for me in, in life, I think is so key because I don't know anybody who has it, <laughs> quite honestly. Uh, maybe one guy, one guy I played basketball with, his name is Walt, and he's a little bit older than I am. He seems to have balance because he seems to surf every day, but then he works You know when he wants to work. And he always just seems super happy. So Walt, I don't know what your secret is, but I'd love to hear it sometime because you seem to be pretty freaking balanced, balanced out. Uh, the biggest component in terms of life balance, I think, is being able to manage your expectations and be able to manage, you know, what are you doing in your life and setting realistic expectations. I think so many of us, we work so hard and, you know, we work from eight to six and come home and eat a really fast dinner and maybe play with the kids for a couple minutes. And then we're just wiped out at the end of the day. And we just like look forward to the weekends and, and, and we, you know, we try to get exercise, but maybe we do, maybe we don't. And, and being it because we're so focused on trying to keep up with the Joneses and society. And we see things on Instagram and on Facebook about the Kardashians and this person, and, and they all seem to have such perfect lives and ours are a mess and our cars are dirty, you know, and, and, you know, we're, out of razor blades and just blah, 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 blah. And everyone else seems to have their shit together and we don't. And quite frankly, none of that is true. Nobody has their shit together. Uh, so you're better off setting the expectation that like, you know what? It's okay the way I am now. Things are going the way they're supposed to be going and set your expectations accordingly when it comes to money, career, and time. And another big part of balance, uh, probably the one of the biggest, or the two biggest parts of balance is being able to maximize your health. So max out your health. So what are you doing to be as healthy as possible? Now I will tell you 
that I am not a doctor of physiology. I don't know anything about exercise, you know, uh, physiology. You know, I, I always laugh that there are two things that I know nothing about. And one of them is cars and one of them is the human body. And there are two things that are crucial in my life, but yet I know literally nothing about them. Um, for the first three years I had my Prius, I thought the, tr I thought the engine was in the back and I just was always amazed that I couldn't see it. And that's actually a true story. And, and if you, and don't judge me because I did go to college and I did graduate with a 3.2 with a minor in philosophy. So I'm not a complete knucklehead. I just don't know anything about cars. I don't know anything about the human body. But my point about maxing up, maximizing your health is, is that for life balance, when you're working out, it really will balance you out from the other things that you're doing. And there are three, uh, excuse me, four key components to maximizing your health. The first one is to move, is to do something, do some type of exercise, whatever it is. You know, for those of you who've heard me, you know, listen to podcasts before, you know that I do CrossFit, I play softball, I play football, I play basketball, and I surf. And I try to do all of those things, except, you know, not necessarily surfing when it gets cold, but I do all of those things on a weekly basis. So as an example, this week, I played an hour and a half of football on Sunday. I went to CrossFit for an hour class on Monday. Last night was Tuesday. I played softball for an hour. Wednesday, today's Wednesday. Um, I'll go to CrossFit today. Thursday, I'll be off. Friday, I'll go back to CrossFit. And then Saturday, we'll go for a hike with the girls um, or we'll do something active with my kids. So move, do something. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be yoga. It can be CrossFit. It can be lifting weights. It can be Pilates, going for a long hike, run, whatever it is, but do something. The second piece of maximizing your health, and again, it's from someone who's not a dietitian, but at the end of the day, I think you could take every diet book out there. Uh, my favorite is Nom Nom Paleo. I love Nom Nom Paleo. Um, whoever wrote that, it's a woman. I can't remember her name, but it is a fantastic book, and I freaking love it. Um, but really, one of the com components of the book is is to eat clean and really to avoid sugar as much as possible. And really that, if I could tell you, if I could get, distill every diet and the best diets in the world, that's really what they come down to, is to eat clean and avoid sugar. Sugar's an inflammatory, right? So you wanna have as little inflammation as your body in your body as possible. So eat clean, eat as unprocessed as you possibly can, and avoid sugar. The third thing, that's really all I need to say about diet. I think if you read 100 diet books, they all sort of come down to that. The third thing about maximizing your health is variety and doing a variety of things on a weekly, a monthly, and annually uh, annual basis. And so what I mean by that is like, as an example for me, you know, I didn't do, I mean, 45 years old, I didn't start doing CrossFit until a year ago. And that's something that I've tried. I've tried martial arts. I've done, try to do, you know, I play three different sports on a weekly basis. So Try to add some variety into your workouts because it moves different parts of your muscles um, in different ways and helps your ligaments and everything else. So add some variety. And then the fourth thing is to customize. This is something I think that people don't talk about nearly enough, but I think it's really key, is that do what works for you. So for me, if I have a decaf espresso at four o'clock, in the afternoon before I go to CrossFit, well, for me, that works, you know, but if I have a decaf espresso right before I play football, that does not work. You know, even though some people would say having a little caffeine before you work out is a good thing. So do what works for you. Drink a ton of water and do what works for you. If, you know, if, if, if 
everybody tells you that eating fish is a, you know, is a good thing, but when you eat it, you get sick. Well then don't eat it and, you know, try something else. Um, I have that thing with cheese. People, you know, people, most people say cheese is, you know, really bad for you. And I think it probably is, but I know that when I eat it, um, I don't get sick and I don't really have that many adverse uh, effects on it with it. Um, and so, although I don't eat it that much, I don't necessarily uh, try to avoid it either. Just do what works for you. I'm taking, I'm drinking more water. I just reminded myself to drink more water as I was talking about it. The third component of balance is really being able to reduce your stress, being able to say, you know what? F the Joneses. I don't need to keep up with anybody. You know, try to bring more fun into your life and set realistic expectations for yourself. Like give yourself a freaking break, man. Like set some realistic expectations in your life and, and set some expectations around fun. Like what do you expect in terms of fun? Like what, what do you, what are you trying to do? I, you know, you, you're obviously, you know, you're trying to build your legacy, have great relationships and build your career. But in terms of fun, what are you doing? What are you committing to? What do you, what do you believe in? What are things that are important to you? So if balance is the fourth thing about creating an epic life, then for me, relationships are the, excuse me, relationships are the fourth thing. Excuse me. Balance is the third thing. Relationships are the, are the, are the fourth thing. So and I think relationships, it's such an interesting topic. It's, it's one that I love, quite frankly. I think it's just a fantastic topic. But there are a couple different elements to it, right? So y your whole life comes down to you've got about four different groups of relationships. You've got your love and sex relationships. You've got your work and your career relationships. You've got your friends. And then you've got everyone else. And, you know, family, I would roll into friends and family. So like, let's look at each one of these really briefly. So your love and sex relationships. So knowing how to connect and knowing what your relationship do's and don'ts are, are key and paramount in your love and sex relationships, being aware of what those things are and like, what are, what's going to drive you so that you can have more love in your relationship? What's going to drive you so you can have more sex in your relationship? I mean, there's, there's, I've yet to meet anybody who's responded to the podcast or who's a friend or um, someone who sent me an email saying, I want less sex in my life, or I want less love in my life. I mean, we all have basic human needs and those are two of them. So having, you know, being cognizant of this relationship and why it's so important or these relationships and why they're so important is really key. And then your second one is career and work. So what are the key relationships you have in your career, in your work, that you need to maintain and you need to grow. How do you grow them? You know, these are all questions I would I would suggest that you ask yourself. Like, how do you grow these things? What are your career commandments? So, like as an example, one of my career commandments when I left the corporate world is like, I'm either in casual clothes or I'm in suits and ties. So I don't do business casual. So right now I'm sitting here in a pair of Pumas, uh, a pair of jeans, a sweatshirt, and a t-shirt underneath. And I've got my, you know, probably the, the most elaborate thing I have on is I bought, a, uh, I bought these bamboo socks online and they are, uh, they're fantastic. These bamboo socks. I just really, really dig these bamboo socks. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's one of my commandments is like, you know, like now that I left the corporate world, um, I was like, all right, I'm going to dress the way I want to dress. Another commandment of mine is that I choose to work with, um, and I actively seek, uh, 
to work with women or people from the LGBT community um, as much as possible because, you know, so much of the corporate world and so much of uh, the typical working world is, is uh, you know, made up of white men. So I go out of my way to work with women and I go out of my way to work with uh uh, gay and lesbian trans and, and people in the transgender community as much as I possibly can. That's one of my commandments. I'm not telling you, you need to have that as your commandment. Uh, but you know, you need to know what your commandments are. What are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? Some people are not willing to work past a certain time. I met a guy the other day and he works from 10 to four every day. And he doesn't do any appointments after that. He doesn't take any phone calls. He doesn't look at emails. It's one of his commandments. And I really appreciate it. I think what you'll find is when you develop your commandments, People will appreciate them when they learn about them because they're, you know, usually, you know, pretty cool stuff. So develop your own career commandments and see what, uh, see what you come up with and let me know. I'd love to hear them. And then, uh, you know, the third relationship there is your friend's relationship. So, you know, how, how are you, how are you as a good friend? Like, are you, um, a person, somebody can count on Are you a person who is non-judgmental of your friends, you know, and also how do you spot a great friend in your life? So not just, um, you know, not just are you a good friend, but how do you become, you know, how do you spot other good friends in your world? And I think the key to friendships comes down to two things. It comes down to being non-judgmental and come down to being supportive. I know my best friends in the world. Um, Jim Egan, Brian Panero, John Kopiak, uh, you know, Craig Fiddler. I know those guys. If I said, look, I just murdered somebody and I'm in Texas and I'm in jail and I need 20 grand to get me out. I know that they would fly down, help me bury the body and uh, wouldn't ask any questions because they're not judgmental and they're also rooting for me and they're always there. To, they've always been there um, to support me. So what I would suggest to you is start evaluating your friendships. What friendships are serving you? Which ones are not serving you? Um, and see, you know, start taking those friendships that are not serving you to get rid of them. It's not worth having them in your life. Life is too freaking short to have bad friendships. So, and then the last category of, of stuff is the sort of the everything else category, right? So this is the people, this is everybody else in your life. Um, they all fit into that category. Some will end up being good friends, some will not. But it, I think it, when you're able to crystallize this into like, look, I've got love and sex relationships. I've got career and work relationships. I've got friend relationships, friends and family relationships. Every, and then I got everybody else. And that's it. Then you they can really start de-stressing yourself about, uh, about your friendships. The last part I want to talk about is your legacy. So building your legacy. And I think that's a key component of having an epic life. And it's one thing I'm going to talk about in the program is how do you have your legacy? So what is your why? Why are you doing what you do? What kind of legacy are you building? Um, and what I mean by that is like everyone thinks that, oh, I'll start big, building my legacy later on, or I'm not really building a legacy, blah, blah, blah. It's not a matter of whether you are building a legacy or you're not building a legacy. It's more a question of like, what legacy are you building? Because we're all building it. There isn't anybody who's not doing that right now. So understanding your why and understanding why are you in business? Why are you doing stuff is really, really key. And also committing to conscious living. Because in the new millennium that we're in now, you know, the old stuff doesn't work. The old stereotypes of, you know, men being aggressive and women being uh, passive, like those things don't work anymore. Okay. So we got to get, we got to get up with what the, the new millennium is offering us. And it's 
okay for men to be vulnerable and to share feelings and to cry and do all that stuff and still play fantasy football, right? It's okay for women to be aggressive and to go after stuff. And just because a woman is aggressive, she's not a bitch. You know, she's just focused on her goals and let's all accept that. It's a, you know, we're way past the time where we should be warring with one of them, with each other and really work more on, um, helping each other and protecting one another. So, and being able to embrace your legacy power and figure out like, what are you doing about service? These are the key components of an epic life. So anyway, I'm going to have more about all this in the program that I'm developing. I'm going to talk more about it, but if you've got questions, um, if you'd like to get some updates on that program for when it comes out, you can go to the website, jimsimco.com and there's a contact form on there. So, uh, so that you can be on the list for when the program releases and until then, I wish you the best, and I hope I've given you something to think about, about your creating your own epic life through your vision, your confidence, your balance, your relationships, and your legacy. And uh, it's an honor to be able to uh, have you guys listen in. I really enjoy This is like one of the best parts of my day. So thank you very much for checking out the podcast, and I will talk to you soon. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you want more information, check out my website at jimsimco.com, J-I-M. S-I-M is in Mary, C-O-E dot com for more updates and some free guides to help you make your life epic. With that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks.